This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk about an exciting week four of college football action is Brad Powers of Brad Powers Sports and Bet the Board podcast. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. As I look at composite ratings uh, from some resources I really, really like, if you do a composite look, Wisdom of the Crowds, Ohio State is number one in the country, followed by Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Alabama is still hanging around. My first question to you is, does that make sense for the Buckeyes to be number one in America? And if that's the case, is there a value in Ohio State being a minus three favorite at Notre Dame? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's tough because a lot of, I would argue that no one's really grasped a hold of the number one ranking worthy of it. Uh, I would still have Georgia number one in my power rings, even though I downgraded Georgia since the start of the season. I have Ohio State too, even though I downgraded Ohio State since the start of the season in my power ratings. Alabama, I, I think that's if they're still hanging around, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think I have I'm, I'm at Alabama ten now, uh, and I still bet them against Ole Miss, so it's all relative uh, as far as that's concerned. But uh, as far as the game this week. I do like Ohio State. Uh, my, I'll lay the three at Notre Dame. A couple of uh, value points, in my opinion. Number one, take a look at the line of scrimmage. I know Notre Dame historically has been good on the offensive line, and I think they're pretty good at tackle this year. But, man, guard, center, guard, that interior, that offensive line, undersized, and I think Ohio State has their way with that Notre Dame offensive line on the interior. And also Notre Dame doesn't have much size up front in the defensive line, and I think Ohio State – uh, has some success on the ground game, provided Kyle McCord does not, you know, have a couple of turnovers, which, uh, you know, it's kind of a scary proposition that uh, you, you're laying points on the road and you don't have the better of the two quarterbacks uh, in this one. But I, I do like the Buckeyes there, uh, minus the three. Uh, interesting to see uh, Hartman. I was I was in uh, South Bend this weekend. Uh, you have an easy matchup, and then his Heisman number drops in half to 10. So after this game, it's going to drop again in one direction or the other. We'll be fascinating to monitor. All right, we have to adjust again. What do we do with Colorado, Oregon? The look ahead, very different than what we have at the moment. We have a 21-point spread, total 71 and the hook between Colorado and Oregon. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I would say, you know, generally speaking, look aheads in college football, while they're getting more popular, that still aren't as liquid as an NFL look ahead. And there's just so much more variance in college football 
up. I, 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 I'm not a guy that's going to always, you know, you know, look at that, the look aheads all the time. I don't think there's an overreaction here. I think Colorado's a fraudulent three and O team. Been a great story. Been great for college football so far. I just think that they're really up against it this weekend. I went ahead and laid Oregon. I would lay Oregon at the current number of 21, even though it's moved significantly. I think the Travis Hunter injury, uh, typically a non-quarterback is not going to move the needle, but when you got a guy playing offense and defense and he's contributing in a major way on both sides of the ball, he's got to be worth at least a point. And then, you know, just looking at Colorado's games, I mean, it's they far exceeded expectations, but – a lot of it has to do with their opponent not playing clean football, whether it's penalties or turnovers, can't take snaps if you're Nebraska, you know, all the penalties that Colorado State had. Had their opponents played a little bit cleaner football, I'm not sure we'd Colorado would be the story of college football at this point. I think the story of them uh, nationally comes to an end uh, on Saturday evening because I'm expecting a four or five touchdown win for the Ducks. I love it. Pour some (laughs) cold water on Colorado. They have USC coming up too, so it's not going to get any easier. I'm looking at Florida State at Clemson. This is up to two and a half now, Brad. Is this a situation where we see Clemson pulling off an upset, or do you like a side or total here in this matchup? Yeah, let's go ahead and wait because, I mean, we're hovering around that key number three. Let's see if you want to bet Clemson. Let's see if we can get a three out of this market. Uh, I do think Clemson's uh, the better the, the better side, at least the side that I would prefer on this one. They haven't been a home dog in seven years. That was the Lamar Jackson game that they won a thriller at the end. They were only a one-point home underdog in that one. So it's, it's a, an outlier, to say the least, that they're catching points uh, at home. You know, I would rather be a night game than a noon game uh, as far as atmosphere goes. But, you know, Florida State concerned me. It wasn't just looking at the final. I mean, they had some major issues defensively on the back end with some breakdowns. I know Boston College's quarterback was running around there, but, I mean, still, he had time. When he money had time, there was breakdowns. So, uh, and then you got to worry, is Jordan Travis for Florida State, is he 100%? Got banged up in that game, he finished it. But that they didn't look right after that. So uh, I'm going to take Clemson here plus the two and a half. But again, let's go ahead and wait and see if we get a key three. For sure, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm with you completely. You know, Florida State, all the hype in the world. But that game was a lot closer than it should have been. So I'm definitely with you there. I want to talk about Ole Miss and Alabama. Crimson Tides hosting the Rebs uh, as a touchdown favorite. I'm curious, though, because Ole Miss's offense can be absolutely lethal if everything goes right. At the same time, even though we're fading Alabama, you know, Nick Saban's still a head coach. Jalen Milrow uh, announces the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Is it something where we should just lay the points with Alabama and not think too much about it, or is it a stay away? Or is it something where Ole Miss could put off the upset? And if that's the case, maybe there's more value in betting on Ole Miss to win, say, the SEC West or something, or maybe another team to win that division because Alabama and perhaps LSU have fallen back down to reality. Yeah, good questions. Uh, you know, it's never as easy as it looks. I mean, especially, boy, this year in college football is reminding me of uh, – uh, 2007. It's been pretty straightforward at the top of college football for the last 15 years. I'm not sure that's the case this year. Uh, with that being said, I laid it with Alabama. Uh, I think it's not necessarily a pro-Alabama position. I think Ole Miss is kind of fraudulent. They lose to Tulane and Michael Pratt plays, in my opinion, uh, the starting quarterback for Tulane. And even that final was fraudulent. I thought they were outplayed with a team playing a backup quarterback. Last week was much closer than a final if you followed the game flow against Georgia Tech. So I'm not sure that Ole Miss is as good as what these final scores are indicating. 
I like the move back to Milrow. I know he had a couple of disaster turnovers against Texas, but uh, he just still gives you a run threat that the other quarterbacks didn't. Um, I, I look for Alabama to take care of business at home here. I mean, I mean, for Pete's sake, it was Alabama against Texas was seven just two weeks ago. Texas is a much better team than Ole Miss, so um, that, let's not overthink things here. As far as the SEC West, though, I like your way of thinking there. I mean, if you do like Ole Miss, I mean, sure, maybe take a flyer. If you're going to take a flyer on one team, I'd actually take LSU. I, I know they got blown out, and everybody watched it, that Sunday night game against Florida State, but that was a bad 20 minutes. That was a 17-17 ball game with six minutes left in the third quarter, and a wide receiver for LSU dropped what would have been a touchdown pass. So I love what I saw from them last week against Mississippi State. If you're going to take a flyer on a team to win the West, it'll be LSU. How about in the Big Ten? A pair of 3-0 teams, Penn State and Iowa. Low, low total, looking like an NFL one. Uh, not, no surprise there when the Hawkeyes are involved. Penn State, 14-and-a-half. We're past two touchdowns, total of 40. How are you playing this? Yeah, typically I wouldn't want to lay points with a, such a low total, and it's tough laying points against Iowa. It was so, you know, great on defense, but so, you know, plotting uh, on offense. The reason I'm going to lay it, I don't think uh, Cade McNamara is healthy at all for Iowa. Watch that game against Western Michigan. Uh, he, I mean, I don't even think he's close to 100%. I, I would say he's more like 50%. In fact, I I don't know if he should even be out there. I mean, his he's had some leg problems uh, <laughs> in the offseason. And, you know, it just looked like uh, he, he's like one play away from his knees buckling. He can't set in the throws. Uh, he can hardly put any weight on it when he's got to take off the run. And Penn State up front defensively, as good as anybody in the country, and they got guys that were, you know that are quick twitch, uh, that can really get after the quarterback. I don't think, I mean, I hate even saying something like this, but I'm not sure Cade finishes the game. Give me Penn State minus the points. Ooh, all right. Meanwhile, we have Rutgers at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's back. J.J. McCarthy could be the difference. But Rutgers isn't a pushover, Brad. This spread now down a little bit to 24 and a half. What interests you here? Yeah, I'm part of the Rutgers money, so I'm probably part of the reason why I came down yesterday. Uh, I just <laughs> look. I mean, Michigan hasn't covered a point spread yet. They can't get margin. What? Why? I mean, it's not going to be easily fixed. Oh, Harbaugh's back though. We're going to start covering big point spreads. They just run their tempo <laughs> so slow. And in fact, Rut- Rutgers' tempo is slow too. So you got two bottom ten teams as far as plays per minute offensively. I just don't know if there's going to be enough possessions for Michigan to cover this point spread. Similar to the East Carolina game, similar to uh, you know obviously what we saw against Bowling Green. And even if they play a cleaner game than what they did against the Falcons last week, Rutgers is much better than the three teams that Michigan's already faced this season. So uh, Rutgers plus 24 for me at the current number. I like it quite a bit. He's Brad Powers of Brad Powers Sports and Bet the Board Podcast here on BetQL Daily. Brad, is Texas back? And if they are back, shouldn't they be able to cover the 15 and a half against Baylor? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. They looked, I didn't like what I saw last week, to be honest with you. I mean, if they're truly back, they would have, you know, not let the Alabama win, you know, have them off to such a slow start. I mean, that's a 10-10 game against Wyoming uh, with a backup quarterback, Wyoming, uh, heading into the fourth quarter. I just, that that looked like Texas that we've seen the last 10, 15 years last week. So, no, I'm not ready to say that they're back yet. Uh, with that being said, Baylor's been a total mess this year. They have quarterback issues of themselves. I'm not sure Baylor can keep pace here. So, I, I would prefer to lay it here with Texas. Uh, in the Pac-12, things are going to start to get really challenging for UCLA with their upcoming schedule. You've got uh, Utah, a four-and-a-half-point favorite total of 51. Yeah, I mean, uh, number one, I'm wondering when does Cam Rising come back for Utah? Uh, I heard whispers that they're going to hold him out for non-conference uh, action and then play him once conference season starts. Well, last I checked, uh, at least for this season, uh, this is a conference game, Utah-UCLA. So I'm wondering if he returns for Utah, that's the case. His number is going to go higher. But more specifically, even if he doesn't play, you got Dante Moore, outstanding freshman quarterback for UCLA playing in his first big-time road atmosphere here. Uh, I, I'm going to lay it here with Utah. Uh, I, I'll lay the four, four and a half. All right, Oregon State at Washington State. And a couple of great quarterbacks in this matchup that maybe aren't getting as much attention. What do you like in this matchup? Man, I'm going to sound pretty square here because a lot – I mean, outside of two games, I think they asked me I'm chalk heavy here, but I prefer Oregon State. Just meat and potatoes at the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line, a little bit better than Washington State. I did not like what I saw from DJ Uyunglele last week, though. He looked like Clemson DJ uh, last week against San Diego State mm-hmm. with a couple of bad picks. Uh, Washington State, and these are two teams that I want to play on. In fact, I, I would, you know, just for, for the sake of it, uh, I would love to see these two teams uh, play for the Pac-12 championship game in the final year since everybody left them high and dry. But, I mean, two really legit teams. I just, again, go to the line of scrimmage here, and I just trust Oregon State a little bit more. So let's go ahead and lay the three. As we mentioned, it's a fantastic slate of college football for week four, but there are also a lot of games that maybe aren't getting that much attention. Is there a game in that category that stands out to you as a value play? Uh, quite a few this week, uh, to be honest with you. I'll give you three. Uh, let's start on Friday night. We're going to go San Jose State plus three and a half against the Air Force. What I love about week four, you start seeing big-time schedule disparities as far as strength of schedule. Air Force hasn't played anybody yet. San Jose State's played USC, Oregon State, a good Toledo team on the road that they should have beat last week. So San Jose State there plus three and a half. Uh, Eastern Michigan is a pathetic team. I think they're giving too much credit because they won nine games last year. This is a bottom 5-10 team in the country. 
Jacksonville State off a bye. Let's go ahead and lay the six with Jacksonville State. And then if you need a bailout game, it's we're back to the islands. Let's go ahead and lay the two and a half here uh, with Hawaii against New Mexico State. Again, big disparity in strength of schedule between these two teams. New Mexico State hasn't played anybody. Hawaii's played three power five teams already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? With all the college football watching all day, clear the, clear the decks, stay up for Hawaii. Why not? Uh, that makes sense. Anything that you think is, is uh, noteworthy here with updated title odds, conference odds, Heisman, anything grab your attention? No, uh, you know, obviously this is in the weeds, but there's always, maybe they won't this week because there's so many big games. So there's always a book or two that, you know, leaves those futures up. And if, you know, a Notre Dame is performing much better than expected against Ohio State, then certainly Sam Hartman and Notre Dame's title odds uh, are, are going to, you know, change. But I actually think the market's getting a little smarter they're thinking ahead so we saw sam hartman's odds change last week they were already thinking ahead to this week that you know if he outperforms expectations uh then, then he becomes maybe the heisman favorite so nothing too big this week but uh, uh i just think that that that's the game as far as the title odds it'll probably shift the mo- most uh, considering that that result about 15 seconds left here, Brad. Uh, you know, really tough break for Colorado not having Travis Hunter. Uh, but does that perhaps open the door for Shadur Sanders uh, for, say, the Heisman or anything else like that? One word, no. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like it. Short and sweet. I appreciate He's that. Out. Brad Bowers of Brad Bowers Sports and Bet the Board Podcast. You are the man. Thank you so much. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we look at the latest, lo- or we uh, go back to college football, give some of our takes for who we like this upcoming weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network.